Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode three of the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast for November 22nd. Coming up, we will get a look at the Cowboys' fantastic win over Utah State on Saturday, as well as other big games across the college football landscape. We will get a preview of the Broncos' matchup against the Chargers this weekend and the rest of the NFL games this past weekend, as well as some Cowboy and Cowgirl hoops. We have those topics and more coming up first, but uh, coming up, but first... We will take a look at the local sports action from this past week. We're at home on Friday and Saturday, taking on the Bozeman Ice Dogs. The Hawks dropped the first game between the two on Friday, 6-1. to one. The lone goal from the Hawks came from Makai Sparks early in the third period. The Hawks then lost the second game on Saturday, 6-3. to three. Makai Sparks got the scoring started again for the Hawks in the second period in this one. And then Caden McDonald captured a brace, scoring twice in the third period to round out the scoring for the Hawks. In that one, the Hawks will be on the road this weekend. They'll be in Helena, taking on the Helena Bighorns on Friday and Saturday night, with the puck scheduled to drop at 7.05 in both of those matchups. The All-State selections were announced in football this past weekend, and the Sheridan area teams left their marks all over both team lists. Uh, The Bronx had seven players make the team. Michael Greer made the team as a tight end, linebacker, and kicking specialist. Dominic Kazis was selected as a wide receiver. The offensive line had two selections in Ezra Eklund and Chris Larson, who also made it as a defensive lineman. Uh, Colson Kuhn was a unanimous selection for the running back position. Texas Tanner made the squad as a defensive lineman. And Carter McComb made the team as a defensive back and a second straight unanimous selection as a kick return specialist. Chris Larson, who was on the defensive line, uh, was also named the 4A co-lineman of the year. And running back Colson Kuhn was also named the 4A offensive player of the year, as well as the Max Preps player of the year in the state of Wyoming. Bighorn had three selections in the All-State squad in Kate Butler and Cooper Garber and Josh Thompson, who made it for their for the third straight, straight season, Thompson did. And uh, finally, Tongue River's lone selection was Cash Van Tassel. The Wyoming Cowboy football team went into Logan, Utah and got their win, biggest win of the season this past weekend, dominating Utah State 44-17, to retaining the Bridgers Rifle Trophy for the third time in eight meetings since the trophy was introduced. The Cowboy offense erupted for 604 yards of offense, their most in a game since November of 2014. They ran for 362 yards and passed for 242 yards in this one, and it was paced by running backs Titus Swin and Xavier Valade. Valade had more rushes with 21 and ran for 145 yards, but Swin was the premier back for the Pokes in this one, rushing for 15, rushing 15 times for 169 yards and two touchdowns, including a back-breaking and school record uh, 98-yarder late in the third quarter that pretty much that put the Pokes up 24 and basically sealed the deal for the Pokes in this game. Uh, the real difference maker for the Poke offense, though, in in this one was um, was quarterback Levi Williams, who probably had the best game out of any of the Wyoming quarterbacks this season, going 12 for 15 for 242 yards with two touchdowns and interception, and also added uh, 22 yards on the ground on five rushes. He was incredibly efficient. He was slinging the ball downfield. Uh, his wide receivers were open. It seemed like pretty much all game. I, Utah State seemed to be selling out on the run, even though it wasn't working. Um, Isaiah Nera was the lead receiver on Saturday with four receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. And his running mate, Josh Cobbs, had a career day grabbing six catches for 76 yards and his, for, and his first uh, career touchdown as well. The Wyoming defense uh, was, of course, led by linebacker Chad Muma, who had 17 tackles coming one shy of his career high of 18 uh, 17 was a season high for the linebacker, though, and cornerback C.J. Colden added seven tackles as well, and safety Isaac White recorded his first career interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, Chad Muma, he is moving up the draft boards, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be probably the second linebacker taken in the second round. 
if not the third, the early third round of this next upcoming draft. The other one uh, being, oh man, my name, his name escapes me now, but he plays for the Bengals. He's having a heck of a season too. I apologize. His name is escaping me at the moment, but uh, he's playing for the Bengals and he's playing pretty well, especially as a uh, second year man. So uh, yeah, the, the, the Cowboys are going to have a second man in the, uh, in the linebacker spot, probably uh, taking up a good, a good a good chunk of the defense on uh, the team that takes him in the second or the third round. It was a dominant performance for the Pokes in every aspect of the game in this one, though, But uh, against Utah State. The offense, with their 600 yards of total offense, the defense held the Aggies to 362 yards and only 178 yards passing, nearly 150 less than they averaged through the air this season, and they also held the Aggies scoreless in the second half. The special teams also got in on the action as well, with a uh, 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown from Cameron Stone in the first quarter, it was a game filled with big plays for the Cowboys, averaging nearly 7.4 yards per rush and 16, point, 16 yards per pass. And they uh, they also forced three turnovers, including two fumbles and one interception, all while leading the game in time of possession with 34 minutes with the ball. A perfect recipe for the Cowboys. A, per, a perfect recipe for success for the Cowboys. A uh, true chef's kiss of a game for the Cowboys. Uh, the win for the Cowboys make them, makes them bowl eligible now for the fifth time in the last six seasons, and it sets them up nicely for, uh, to finish the season above 500 after they had that scary stretch earlier in the year. Um, but they could very easily end the season above 500, even with their um, with their bowl game. If they lose their bowl game, they beat Hawaii, they lose their bowl game, they're 7-6. and six. So 500, can never complain about being above 500. Uh, the regular, their final regular season game will come against a struggling Hawaii team this Saturday. There might, there might not be a bigger disparity um, when it comes to home field advantage in college football than Hawaii. They don't have the biggest crowd or stadium now that they don't play at um, Aloha Stadium, which is basically falling apart at the seams, so it's probably a good thing. Um, but the travel can be hell for any team that has to go on the road to take on Honolulu. It's a seven-hour flight from here, from uh, Laramie to uh, Honolulu, um, and only a three-hour time difference, but that's basically an east-to-west coast trip for the continental United States. That's why you don't see a lot of east coast teams, obviously, traveling to Hawaii, because that's like a that's like a 10-hour flight. If they want to do that, it's probably not one trip. You probably land in Denver, then fly over to Hawaii, but that's 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 a hell of a travel day. No one, no one wants to do that. Um, thankfully for the Pokes, they don't have to make that trip this year, as the Rainbow Warriors will be will be the ones traveling to Laramie for the finale finale of the regular season on Saturday. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. Get free large fries when you download the app and join my McDonald's rewards. Get your choice of hash browns, vanilla cone, McChicken, or a cheeseburger free after your first purchase. The new mobile ordering feature lets you use your smartphone to place your order, pay for it, pick it up. Go to Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving today. McDonald's, there's an app for that. Hawaii comes into this matchup sitting at 5-7 and seven and are coming off a win over Colorado State 50-45, to 45, but had dropped three in a row before that game. The Rainbow Warriors come in with one of the bottom defenses in the nation, giving up the 28th most points per game at 32.6, the 18th most yards per game at 456, a bottom half rush defense that gives up 166.9 yards per game, as well as the fifth worst pass defense in the country, giving up nearly 290 yards through the air per game. Their saving grace this season has been their somewhat good pass offense. Uh, they are a top 20 school in the amount of passes they throw per game and are in the top 50 in pass yards per game with 252.7. It's not the air raid offense that we've seen with Hawaii back in the early 2000s, um, but they love to sling it still. Hawaii Hawaii still loves to sling it. 
Uh, they only score about 26.1 points per game, which is 72nd in the country, but that number has gone down to 24.3 per game in the last three games. Uh, the Pokes are favored by 10 points as of Monday morning, thanks to their dominant rushing attack and solid defensive play through the air, and they're coming off a convincing emotional victory and are back at home as well. However, Hawaii will be coming in desperate, uh, will be coming in desperate to win this one to become bowl eligible in the final game of the regular season. And you'll be able to listen to all the action of the Wyoming Cowboy, tw- the 2021 Wyoming Cowboy regular season finale on Saturday with pregame scheduled for 1.30 p.m. and kickoff scheduled for 3 on 1410 a.m. and 106.9 FM KWYO. Another action across the college football landscape this past weekend. Second ranked Alabama survived a shootout with 21st ranked Arkansas 42 to 35 Uh, Bama quarterback Bryce Young basically carried the Bama team passing for a school record 559 yards and five touchdowns that win also clinched their spot in the SEC title game on December 4th against Georgia uh, with this win that the title game is going to be one of the biggest SEC title games that we can have we've had in recent memory which is crazy to think with as when it comes to SEC title games if Georgia wins that game they're obviously in even if Georgia if Georgia loses that game they're in, I think at this point we could probably say they'll probably enter as the as the four seed if that's the case. Maybe even as the three seed, um, but there's been nobody better than Georgia. If, if Alabama loses that game, it's hard to say. It's clear the committee, the committee loves putting Alabama where you know, they still very clearly appreciate Alabama and what they've done. They're, obviously, they're the number two in the country, number two team in the country, with one loss on the season, um, and if they lose that game, do you put it a two-loss team in the SEC into the championship, into the college football playoff, over a team like Cincinnati or a Notre Dame if they win out or something like that? I wouldn't. I if it's me, I'm putting Cincinnati, and they've done nothing but prove they beat Notre Dame early in the season. They just dominated SMU. To me, if if Alabama loses that game. They are out in my mind. They'll be playing for a Sugar Bowl or something like that. But then again, I mean, they still got to beat Auburn. So if they lose that Auburn game, they're definitely out, even if they beat Georgia later in the season or later in the SEC championship game. So, yeah, still a week of football left to be played. Um, The 23rd-ranked Utah was at home and completely dominated third-ranked Oregon, beating the Ducks 38-7. This one was over early for Oregon, with Utah scoring 14 points in the final 27 seconds before halftime, which put them ahead by four touchdowns. Heading into the break, the loss for the Ducks dashes any sort of playoff hopes they had, as well as the rest of the Pac-12s. They will miss uh, the Pac-12 will miss putting a team into the college football playoff for the fourth season in a row. The Pac-12, better than any other conference in college football, loves to just decimate their own chances to make the actual college football playoff. There's nobody better. Oregon lost a game like this, pretty much not exact same circumstances because they were in the, uh, I believe it was the Pac-12 championship game two years ago. And they were, I believe they were in the top four at the time as well. And um, Utah destroyed Oregon, just beat the doors off of them to win the Pac-12 championship. And I believe Oklahoma had won the Big 12 championship that game, or that that same day, which uh, leaped Oklahoma ahead of um, ahead of Utah for the Pac-12, or for the, the final CFP spot. So very similar in this game, which is weird. Um, Utah loves to beat the doors off of the Oregon Ducks for whatever reason they're good at it. Uh, what was supposed to be the premier game of the early part of the day was fourth-ranked Ohio State at home, taking on seventh-ranked Michigan State, but the Buckeyes turned it into a bloodbath, dominating the Spartans 56-7. to Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud absolutely lit up the Michigan State Spartan defense for 432 total yards 
and six touchdowns, six touchdowns in the first half. Um, Ohio State looks unbeatable right now heading into the game against Michigan, a team they've dominated in the past five years. Michigan looks as good as they've they they as as good as they have in the past five years. This is probably their best team, honestly. But man, C.J. Stroud might be in the running. He might just because of this game alone. If he goes down and beats Michigan handily, like every other Ohio State quarterback has, I he will have a trip to New York for the Heisman Trophy celebration, and it's, it'll probably be off the backs of these two games alone. Um, but that Ohio State offense is unbeatable right now. They had three receivers catch. Um, have over 100 yards receiving, and I believe all had a touchdown. They're they are a three-headed dragon, four-headed dragon, really. They're they're a, they're a tough team to beat right now. Um, finally, unranked Clemson was at home and upset 10th-ranked Wake Forest. That's normally a backwards phrasing, but I did type that correctly. Unranked Clemson was at home and upset 10th-ranked Wake Forest. Clemson, for the first time all season, looked like the powerhouse they were they were touted to be before the season began. It was their 34th straight win at home. It also keeps their hopes alive for a seventh straight trip to an F- an ACC title game. However, Wake Forest can wa- wrap that uh, that side of it up with uh, and make their first conference championship game appearance in 15 years with a win over Boston College next next week. How how special would it be if Clemson, after the terrible start to the season that they had early, after getting they didn't get dominated by Georgia, but it, it felt like domination by Georgia, even though Georgia won by I think seven points or something like that. Um. How special would it be for Clemson to actually be back in the ACC championship game after starting the season the way they did? I mean, it would be, it would make sense. It's Clemson, right? They're they're a powerhouse. They're always going to find a way back into that conversation. But I mean, them losing three games this season seemed weird. So it wouldn't surprise me if they made it back. ACC is also like the Pac-12, but annihilating itself all season, just killing itself from within. Um, switching over to college basketball. The Wyoming Cowboys won their lone game of the week this past week, going on the road and beating the other UW, the University of Washington, 77-72 in overtime. Forward Graham Ike looks like he could be the uh, the the running. Uh, he looks like he could be gunning for the uh, Mountain West Player of the Year, dropping 26 points and grabbing 10 rebounds in this one while shooting 57% from the floor. The sophomore is now averaging 23 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game while shooting almost 58% from the floor. Um He's having a hell of a season so far. It's only three games in, but 23, 23 and seven. That's a as a four. That's that's one way to put your name in the hat for Mountain West Player Mountain West Player of the Year in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Garden Hunter Maldonado also played well against the Huskies, adding twenty four points and ten rebounds, a double double for him, and an assist to the score line. The Cowboys are now three and zero, and will look to stay undefeated this week, going on the road, taking on Grand Canyon University on Monday night, with tip schedule for seven p.m. Then they will come back home to take on Hastings College on Friday with tip schedule for 7 p.m. And that one as well. Uh, and you can listen to all the Cowboy basketball action on 1410 AM and 106.9 FM KWIO all season long. The Cowgirls basketball team dropped their lone game of this past week, falling to Kansas City 53-44. McKinley Bradshaw led the Cowgirls in scoring in, this lo- in the loss with 19 points while adding five rebounds. Neither team shot well from the floor in that one. In this one, with the Cowgirls dropping uh, or shooting forty percent, while Kansas City shot thirty-six percent. Uh, the girls sit at one and two so far this season. Will look to right the ship this week with a game Monday night at home against Shadrid State, with tip scheduled for six thirty p.m. Then they are back at home on Friday, taking on Tulane, with tip scheduled for one p.m. And that one, you can listen to Cowgirl basketball season all season long on Smart Talk one hundred six point three FM. Moving on to the NFL, 
The Broncos were off this past weekend with their bye week, and they got to watch their next opponent, the Los Angeles Chargers, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Sunday night football 41-37. to uh, this Chargers team has been up and down all season long with them appearing as a surprise team in the AFC when they started 4-1, and one, and then they dropped the next 3-4 of four heading into the matchup with Pittsburgh. Uh, the Chargers are a top-15 team this season in points per game with 26 points per game, uh, and that number has gone up over the last three games, averaging 29.3 points per game. Uh, they are also a top-10 team in yards per game, averaging 386.5, and that number has also gone up in the last three games, averaging now 30 yards per game, 30 yards more, excuse me, with 410.3 yards per game. Uh, the Chargers love to sling the ball around. They pass the ball 64% of the time, the fifth most in the league, and average a si- the sixth most, most pass yards per game at 280 per game through the air. Justin Herbert started the season absolutely on fire, but has had a slight regression the past few weeks with only one game being graded over 75 for Pro Football Focus, and that was their win against, uh, against Philadelphia. They love to throw the ball. Their their love to throw the ball uh, has disrupted the run game a bit. They only run the ball about thirty five percent of the time, obviously, which is uh, one of the lowest marks in the NFL. However, they do have one of the most complete running backs in the league in Austin Eckler, who can hurt you both as a receiver and a runner. He will be coming off uh, arguably his best game of the season against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, where he ran eleven times for fifty yards and two touchdowns, as well as catching six passes for sixty five yards and two touchdowns as well. Uh, this Chargers team is built to kind of beat the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. That's what everybody was trying to build up for in the AFC West especially. Um, leaning heavily in pass defense, which has greatly hurt their run defense throughout the season. They are currently dead last in the league in opponent rush yards per game, uh, giving up about 145 per game. They're also fourth worst in opponent rush yards per rush with 4.7 in opponent, t- in opponent rush TDs per game with 1.9. However... Their rush defense has shown signs of improvement over the past few weeks. The past few weeks, uh, dropping their opponents' average yards per rush to 3.7 from 4.7. Um, the Broncos should have an advantage coming into this game, though, coming off of a bye. But the uh, Chargers should be charged, pun intended, uh, to get a victory over divisional a divisional foe after their emotional victory against Pittsburgh on Sunday night. As of Monday morning, the Broncos are two and a half point home underdogs, and we will see. If the Broncos can bounce back from their disappointing loss two weeks ago against the Eagles, you can listen to all the action live of uh, Broncos versus Chargers Sunday afternoon on 1410 AM and 106.9 FM KWYO with pregame scheduled for noon and kickoff scheduled for 2.05. In the other games across the Week 11 slate last night, uh, we were just talking about that these Chargers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-37 in primetime on Sunday night. This was a case of the immovable object meeting an unstoppable force. The Chargers have had infamously terrible luck, infamously terrible luck in late game, late in games, and this one almost added to it with what would have been a monumental fourth-quarter collapse, giving up 27 points in the fourth period alone. But Pittsburgh has been notoriously bad on the West Coast, going 4-10 and since 2000. Something had to give, and it was the Chargers that pulled it out in a de facto road game, even though they were in... Los Angeles. The Arizona Cardinals went on the road and beat the Seattle Seahawks 23-13. Russell Wilson was outdueled by Colt McCoy. But he was outdueled by Colt McCoy, former Texas quarterback. I didn't even know he was still in the league. Um, and he was kept out of the uh, Russell Wilson was kept out of the end zone for the second straight week. Uh, McCoy threw for 328 yards and two touchdowns and was incredibly efficient, going 35 for 44. How about Colt McCoy? Uh so Seattle is off, meanwhile, complete opposite side of the coin. Seattle's, Seattle is off to its worst 10-game start of the Pete Carroll era at 3-7, and seven, 
And another bad loss like this one could be the beginning of the end of the wilson Carroll combo. The Kansas City Chiefs were at home and beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-9. Dallas came into this one having uh, scored at least two touchdowns in every game this season, and the Chiefs had started the season terrible on defense. I, I think I was talking about it earlier on this podcast a couple episodes ago that they were god-awful on defense, but the Chiefs defense dominated in this one with defensive tackle Chris Jones getting three and a half sacks and forcing a fumble as well as recovering one while Char- uh, Charvarius Ward and Legarius Sneed picked off Dak at critical moments in the game. And even though the defense looked good, the offense still looked off with Mahomes throwing for just 260 yards with an interception and a fumble as well. The Cincinnati Bengals went on the road to Las Vegas and beat the Raiders 32-13. The well-rested Bengals came out of a bye week and snapped a two-game losing streak while Joe Mixon rushed for 123 yards while scoring two touchdowns. Bengals kicker Evan McPherson was arguably the best player of the game, though, making four field goals with three of them coming from 50-plus yards. The Raiders, however, seem to be falling apart, and uh, who can blame them with all the off-the-field attention that they've been getting? They've been outscored 96-43 to since their bye week, and they look like a totally different team, obviously, than the one we saw just, uh, just four weeks ago. Wouldn't it be great if you could get McDonald's delivered right to your door? Well, now you can. McDonald's has teamed up with the delivery app DoorDash. Just download the DoorDash app in the App Store and you'll see the McDonald's menu. Order your favorite McDonald's food and have it delivered right to your door. It's super easy and convenient to have your favorite McDonald's delivered. Go to the App Store, download the DoorDash app, and have McDonald's delivered to your house or business today. The Washington football team went into Carolina and spoiled Cam Newton's revenge game, beating the Panthers 27-21. It turned out it was really Ron Rivera's revenge game, and uh, the man leading the charge was the Green Lizard himself, Taylor Heineke, who had one of his best career games, passing for 206 yards and three touchdowns against the league's top-ranked pass defense. The Baltimore Ravens traveled to Chicago and beat the Bears 16-13, the Ravens did it without Lamar Jackson, and backup Tyler Huntley played well in his absence, completing 26 of 36 passes for 219 yards without uh, with an interception and led a 72-yard uh, game-winning drive that was capped off by a Devontae Freeman three-yard touchdown run with 22, 22 seconds left to play. Chicago's quarterback Justin Fields left the game in the third quarter with a rib injury, but before he left, he was playing pretty bad, going just 4 for 11 for 79 yards after having his best game against Pittsburgh just two weeks ago. A confusing spectacle in Chicago. Who's going to figure out the Bears? Not me. (sighs) Good luck. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles got their first home victory, running all over the top-ranked rushing defense in the New Orleans Saints, winning 40-29. Jalen Hurts ran for three touchdowns, and the Eagles as a team had 242 yards on the ground against a team that had allowed 72.9 per game this season. And the Eagles have surpassed 175 rushing yards in four straight games. They're like the opposite version of the Chiefs or the Chargers. Uh, meanwhile, the Saints have now dropped their third straight game since losing quarterback Jameis Winston to a torn ACL. Trevor Simeon had three touchdown passes, ran for a score, and threw two interceptions, but was out th- without uh, several key pieces around him in that game. The most boring game of the day award goes to the Browns at home, beating the Lions 13-10. to The Browns' most reliable player this season, Nick Chubb, came through as he, as he has all season long. This time with a receiving touchdown, 130 yards on the ground, it helped run out the clock to ice the game for the Browns in a sloppy affair from both sides. Whoever the sick fool is, whoever the hell the sick fool is that scheduled the Bears and Lions to open the day in the Thanksgiving Day slate, 
just really wants to watch the world burn. Um, I think that game is going to make me want to take a depression nap before I've even had anything to eat on Thursday. I don't know who was setting up the scheduling for that. I get Lions. They're always the team. I don't know why that is, but they're always the team that plays on Thanksgiving. Them and the Cowboys, it's really weird. Nobody wants to watch the Lions play. I mean, what are we doing here? Lions, Bears, I don't want to watch that game, but I'm going to put bets down on that game. I'm going to do it regardless, so I'm going to have to watch it, and then I'm going to watch it at 10 a.m. in the morning, and then I'm going to want to take a nap, and then people are going to be here, and I'm going to be drowsy. Thank you, NFL, for giving me this game. I really appreciate it. It's a great game. Um, And what was probably the best game of the day this past Sunday, the Vikings were at home, my Vikings, and beat the Green Bay Packers 34 to 31. The Vikings came into this matchup as the only team in the NFL to hold a lead of seven or more in every single game they've played this season, and they are currently a whopping five and five with their win over Green Bay. They led by seven in that one as well. I think they were up 16 to three, and uh, we're five and five on the season. It's a good sign. Uh, Kirk Cousins outdueled Aaron Rodgers, throwing for 341 yards and three touchdowns, with a good chunk of it going to Justin Jefferson, who had eight receptions for 169 yards and caught two of those touchdown passes from Kirk. Uh, are the Vikings good? I have no idea. But I will say this. Captain Kirk, our boy, Captain Kirk Cousins, should be getting more MVP consideration, okay? He should be. I think he's he's got like 17 touchdowns, three picks. He's thrown for a ton of yards. He's been really efficient this year. If they had a better record, he'd be the top of the top of the MVP con- conversation right now. So start putting him in it, man. If we make the wild card game, I, he better be holding that trophy. I'm serious. <laughs> Uh, the San Francisco 49ers went on the road to the East Coast and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-10. to The opening drive was both a power move by the 49ers, included one of my least favorite things about football all mixed into one. The 49ers started the game with a 20-play, 20 plays, 87-yard drive that took up 13 minutes and 5 seconds out of the first quarter. It basically demoralized the Jaguars for the rest of the game. Um... And it took up 13, 13 minutes and five seconds out of the first quarter, and it ended not with a touchdown. Manahan electing to kick a field goal, a field goal on fourth and goal from the Jags' two-yard line after they just drove twenty plays or twenty plays for eighty-seven yards. They decided to kick a field goal on fourth and two. That made me want to put my I wanted to drill into my own skull after that. Uh, by the middle of the second quarter, though, the Niners had more first downs than Jacksonville had yards thanks to that drive. Uh, so San Fran proceeded to dominate the rest of the game as well, running the ball 42 total times, which resulted in the Jaguars finishing with 200 yards on just 44 plays. It was the the lowest in franchise history, if I remember reading that correctly. It was a brutal day. I also bet the over on Debo Samuel receptions at 6.5, and, a half, and uh, I think he had two catches, and he had nine rushes. So thank you, Kyle Shanahan, for again showing that you can run with anybody. Uh, the Miami Dolphins went on the road and beat the New York Jets 24-17. to I don't know why we're talking about this one, but the Dolphins have quietly won three in a row and have one of the easiest remaining schedules. They could sneak up in the AFC. Not really. I just kind of put that down because it'd be interesting. Uh, this one was unexpected. It was expectedly ugly with both sides having seven-plus penalties. And Joe Flacco, yes, that Joe Flacco, 20 bucks whoever thought he was playing for the Jets at the start of the year. I had no idea. Um, but he couldn't outduel Tua Tagovailoa um, and the the Dolphins. Twenty four seventeen, they won three in a row. You never know. Kind of know. Uh, the Houston Texans went on the road and pulled off the upset of the weekend, beating the Tennessee Titans twenty two to thirteen. 
It seemed like the Titans that has Super Bowl aspirations can't be losing to a team that had not scored a touchdown in its last four road games. So now, again, I'm declaring AFC is back wide open. No idea who's good in the AFC or who's going to be the Super Bowl team in the UFC or in the uh, in the AFC, not in the UFC. That wouldn't make any sense. Uh, Houston's win is also the only the second time since 1970 in the NFL that a team with the worst record beat the team with the best record in the same conference. Tennessee outgained the Texans 420 yards to 190, uh, but couldn't overcome some bad turnovers and a bunch of penalties and a bunch of key mistakes. Ryan Tannehill Tannehill looked terrible. A.J. Brown got injured uh, in the third quarter. Julio Jones wasn't playing. Derrick Henry also obviously gone. It's a mess. Uh, Tennessee, I don't know. They're 8-3, but it doesn't feel like they're 8-3. You know, it kind of feels like they're like 6-5 teetering on the edge. But they're 6-3, or 8-3, so... I don't know. I have no idea what to expect from the AFC anymore. Uh, the New England Patriots dominated dominated the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night, 25 to nothing. The 28 to 3 demons for Atlanta don't seem to be leaving them anytime soon as New England came to Atlanta and handed them their first home shutout in 33 years. The New England defense is as good as any in the league this year, especially as of late, having allowed just 13 points in its last 3 games. Uh, Matt Ryan was sacked four times and picked off twice, while the other Falcons QBs that came in were also picked off twice, one for a uh, pick six late in the fourth quarter. Don't look now, but the Patriots could be one of, if not the best team in the AFC right now. I'm I'm declaring that one. I'll put this down right now. Patriots are the best team in the AFC right now, and that's probably going to change next week. Bills are not... Bills Bills are too up and down, man. We'll get to the Bills in a second. Okay, I have some things to say about the Bills. Um... Tennessee, they lost Derrick Henry, and this was the first game where it really felt like it. The Chiefs, they have a chance, honestly, after the last two weeks. Their offense is still kind of in a scrub, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like... it doesn't. The Chiefs don't feel like they used to, I guess is what I'd say. And the, the Patriots... If there's going to be anybody that's going to game plan for the Chiefs better than anybody, it's going to be Bill Belichick, especially in a playoff game. If they just know you can play too high safety every ga- every day, every game and it takes away all the big play aspirations for the Chiefs, then the, the Patriots are going to do it, and they're going to beat them. They're going to win 16-9. to 16 to 9. That's that's what's going to happen. There's nobody better at doing that than Bill Belichick. Um, but finally, saving the best for the last four this past weekend in football, the Indianapolis Colts went on the road and dominated the Buffalo Bills 41-15. to 15. Jonathan Taylor had another unbelievable day, rushing for 185 yards and scoring a Colts franchise record five touchdowns while taking over the league lead in rushing yards and touchdowns for the season. Meanwhile, the the Bills uh, seeded their lead atop the AFC East, falling a game behind the ever-familiar New England Patriots. They were undone on Sunday by four turnovers, three of which led to Colts' touchdowns. But by far the most important thing from this game, and the reason I saved it for last, you guys know why. If this music gives you anything, you know why. We got Scorigami! For the first time in NFL history, 41 to 15 was a final score. First time ever. It was the 1,070th unique score in NFL history. It was unbelievable. Kiss your kids. Tell them you love them. It's beautiful. I think it's the second one the Colts have been a part of this year. 
I believe that's right. I think they, well, yeah, when they beat the Jets, I think that was two weeks ago. It's great. I love Scorgami. In this house, we root for Scorgami. There's nothing like it. For real, though. And I hate to say this to all the new Bills fans. Congrats to the Colts. Scorgami for two weeks in a row. Maybe three weeks. Two of the last three weeks. I don't remember when that Jets game was. I kind of just erased that from my mind, except for the Scorgami part. But for real, though. And I say I hate to say this to all the new Bills fans out there, especially here in Wyoming, but this team kind of feels like a fraud right now. Uh, they have yet to beat a team with a winning, a winning record on their schedule except for the Chiefs, but that was like five weeks ago, and um, this feels like a, a different Chiefs team. They also traded for Melvin Ingram, who has been huge for them, um, especially on the D-line, and this Bills team, they just don't they don't got it figured out. That was supposed to, The Bills had the top defense coming in this game, and Jonathan Taylor ran for 185 yards and five touchdowns. I don't know, man. Buffalo Bills, they, they'll make the playoffs. Like, don't get me wrong about that. But right now, I'm taking the Chiefs on a neutral field over the Bills. I'm going to say that right now, I think. Um, I just don't trust the Bills. I, you can't be beating the Jets and the Texans and the Dolphins all season and then run into the Colts, one of the only teams that has a positive record on your schedule, and lose 41-15, to and they lost to the Jags as well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Colts, or I don't know what to do, Bills fans. Prove me wrong. Is it's a prove me game? One of their next coming game. I don't know what who they play next. I don't remember who it was. They play the Patriots up here coming up pretty soon. They have a meeting with um, the Saints, I believe, here in the next few weeks. That one out's a toss up as well. Honestly, I don't have Jameis Winston, which isn't as much of an upgrade as people think it is, but it's still an upgrade from Trevor Simeon. The Patriots. I think the Patriots would are going to dominate this team. I, I do. The Patriots, I think, can figure this team out. And if the Colts can figure out the Bills, then Bill Belichick will figure out the Bills. So, sorry, sorry, Bills fans. I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna conclude it there. Just it's a prove it game. It's a prove it game. The next few weeks for the Bills, unless it's like the Jags or the the Jets or the Dolphins. I don't care about those games. Because they could be, they win all those games. They win them in dominating fashion. That's what they're good at. They beat really bad teams. They dominate really bad teams, except for that one weird week against the Jags. But they don't beat anybody good. They haven't beat anybody good all season long. They lost to the Steelers at the beginning of the season. They're not even that good. They beat the Chiefs. I get it. That was five weeks ago though, and the Chiefs were kind of in a midlife or a midseason crisis. <clears throat> it doesn't feel real. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about the Bills. That's what I'll say. I'll take the Chiefs over the Bills right now on a uh, on a neutral field. But we did get Scorigami. So, you know, we're going to play the music again. That makes me happy. Scorigami! All right. That's going to wrap it up for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in. I have been your host, James Timberlake, and you have been listening to Episode 3 of the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast here on SheridanMedia.com. <laughs>